The world around us is changing faster than ever before. before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome, Welcome. to Data Welcome. Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change, encouraging you to be bold, be, bold, be brave, be and be brave. fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. I am here sitting with Christian Bartons, who is part of Equifax. His company was actually acquired, Datalicious, which I love the name. Thank you. And you are now responsible for marketing measurement? That's correct. Leader is the official title. Marketing measurement leader, that's right. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me. We are at the Attribution Accelerator. It's a topic in terms of where do our advertising dollars go? How do brands be, spend more money efficiently? Tell us what Equifax, how Equifax plays in this space. Um, Equifax obviously has a lot of very interesting data assets. They've been in the data game for a very long time. Not many people know, though, that they're very active in, in marketing services as well. So there's a dedicated marketing services arm that's called uh, Data Driven Marketing, DDM. And these guys break down into four main capabilities, which we call link, reveal, engage, and measure. Okay. Uh, linking is all about linking data sets, helping companies link their own data, getting rid of data silos, like creating that mythical single customer view. And they're really good at doing that. And then they have an army of analysts that help you actually analyze that data. So find juicy segments within that. Who are my most profitable customers? That's the uh, reveal part. And then they also help you find more of the same, which they call engage. So they have integrations with DMPs. They can uh, create targeted email lists, direct mail lists, um, Help you target and find more of the same and then they never really had anything in measurement and that's where Datalicious comes in so we're filling that sort of measurement capability to help people actually analyze what they're doing does it work or not and then do more of the same that measurement piece is it is, is there a unique secret sauce to it is it um i'd like to think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit more about that so that's where Datalicious comes from um i started the company about 10 years ago in in asia in australia and then we sort of grown over all over asia and and, and now we're trying to build the same capability up again for Equifax here in the US and basically what we specialize in is something called attribution which is what this whole event yes. is about right and so we build um, what's called the, the purchase path we assemble every single touch point that uh, people have with the brand before they buy something or do something that that is of value okay and we do that on an individual consumer basis yeah? and so there's lots of data involved um, um, billions of touch points right and we then run statistics over that to figure out exactly which of those touch points were more or less involved in driving that sale okay and so there's a there's a few uh, few bits and pieces involved in terms of secret sauce. The first is related to making that path as long and as complete as possible. Right. You know, think about if, if half the stuff in that path is missing, then you're not really doing a good job at analyzing what works or not. And so Equifax is very good at helping us build that path out as, as complete as possible. They're very good at matching and, and managing user identity. So think in this, in this modern world, you have a cookie address, an IP address, you, you have a, a normal address. And so you have a lot of different identifiers that identify you out there in these data silos, right? And Equifax helps us merge that all together so we can build one unique purchase path across channels for you. Okay. That's what Equifax really good at. And then Delicious basically takes over and we, we have some uh, unique IP around the way we analyze that. We use a, use a new modeling approach called hidden Markov modeling to determine exactly how much each of these touch points is worth. Mm -hmm. Okay, And that's what we basically do. Yeah. And, and it, it, you're also looking at 
multiple touch points, right? Yeah. Within mobile, the iPad, and also how they're viewing ads. Actually, that's exactly our secret sauce, right? <laughs> so we, what has been done traditionally is just take all the touch points and treat them all as as if they're the same and 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 separate. In fact, so you just you just look at a, at a uh, you basically try to find trends across the entire data set without considering the order of events. Okay. Okay. And so that's what we basically do. We 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 think it's a path. Yeah. The order of events matters. So whether you see the direct mail piece first and then do something else afterwards, that's actually an important it does piece, matter. right? Yeah, yeah, it does. It totally does. And we see that in the data all the yeah. time. So our approach makes sure that the order of things is considered. So simple example, say say you see 100 display ads, yeah. okay, and you do nothing afterwards. It hasn't changed your behavior at all. You don't research more, you, you don't do anything. The traditional approaches will still give these ads some credit simply by being there, okay? Now, our approach says, okay, well, if these 100 ads don't lead to significant change in consumer behavior, then they probably didn't have any impact, right? So what happens after your exposure matters in how much credit these touch points get, right? So that's our, our different approach to that. But, and, but if they, let's say they view those 100 ads, what would be incremental outcome? What what would you want to see in that behavior? Outcome? Maybe they come back. Yeah, yeah, no. Maybe they come back more often than normal to the advertiser's website to find out more about the product. Or they suddenly start actually clicking on ads rather than just looking at them, right? So it's a subtle cues that right. we look for. We basically look at the th we look at things that we can actually monitor in the real world, like uh, clicks and right. and engagement to approximate what awareness stage, what, what, what funnel stage you're in. So you're just aware right. or you're considering or you have you developed some genuine desire for the product and are you close to purchase? So we model where you fit into that. Interesting. Yeah. And is the funnel still the funnel or are phases all blending together? You know, it, I think it's never been linear and I don't really think it is that, yeah. that linear. Right. It's just a nice way of easy representing what's going on, right? Yeah. But we th we'd like to think about it more as an ongoing circular kind of yeah. thing. And I, I can't coin credit for that. that. That's like McKinsey has sort of put that out there a, a while ago and they do some really smart thinking about that. Yeah. But that's the way we think about it. It's an ongoing experience, right? And you and you, you have an initial consideration set and you, and you, you want a credit card, you think about the major three banks right away, right? And then you start doing research and suddenly that expands, right? And then you, you do your research and you, you, you make a decision and then you have an experience and you like it. And whether you keep that credit card, you get another one if you don't like your experience, right? So it sort of keeps on going. And, and I think that also opens up a whole bunch of new awesome applications for this type of data that we're recording. So think about it like this. We're all here at the Attribution Accelerator to discuss media optimization. But basically what we're doing as part of the optimizing media, we record every single touch point that a consumer has with a brand. That could also include some touch points that happen post-purchase. Why am I stopping analyzing the data just for acquisition purposes? I could just keep going and let the path keep building and then look at, well, what fosters retention? Right. What fosters upsell, crosser, right? So that's one of the things that we want to champion over the next few years is, is we, we already have the data, we already have the path and it's basically a single customer view. I see everything that you do. Let's start using it for other things than just media optimization. Optimization. Let's look at retention. Let's yeah. look at upsell. I haven't exactly done that many times yet, but that's sort of our grand vision, you know? It's true because you spend so much time and money acquiring a customer. Why yeah. not continue that relationship? And, and the data is literally the same, right? right? It just gets put into like one, one sort of basket and then not used for something else. I want to yeah. get rid of that, you know? Interesting. So what are some interesting findings you've learned about consumers and their path to purchase? <laughs> 
the the most and this is going to be this is unfortunately a boring response you know i'd love to say this is the these are the top three paths you know and this is actually this, this is one question that happens all the time right so you're not you're not doing anything out of the ordinary but the one thing that we learn is there is no such thing as a common path in fact consumer behavior is completely erratic okay you you have a browser window open here you look at this page and then you go and look at another product and you see an ad here and then you actually drop off because your your mom is visiting and crying something in the background and then you get a ad call from somewhere else like consumer behavior is totally erratic because you're erratic because stuff happens around you that you can't control and so there is no such thing as a common path that's a notion that we often have to dispel really really quickly and in fact that's one of the yes well we that's what we help right we help to take the complexity out of it especially the the modeling approach that we use this this hidden markov approach is actually designed to count for this erraticness this complexity a lot better than a lot of the other modeling approaches it gets a bit technical at this stage but but i think it's important if you're basing multi-million dollar decisions on these results you better make sure that the modeling behind it is as as thorough as it can and so i think because of computational um, limitations people have used simplification a lot to represent what's going on and i think we're past that like cloud computing is so powerful you're actually not limited anymore you can apply more complicated models and i think that's what we what we're trying to do do you do you think that the the brands that sell digitally online have a advantage versus brick and mortar just because they have potentially so much more data yes and no so i think yes because traditionally companies have been doing modeling based on what we call transaction data and you don't transact that often like your last transaction with a brand maybe three four or five months in the past right. okay a transaction being you signing up for a product or actually you know buying in a an add-on or something like that, right? And so transaction data tends to be old. It's very indicative of, of, of you because you actually bought something, you handed over money, right? But it it's usually tends to be old. Now, online, people with digital data, they have a lot more behavioral data. Mm-hmm. It may not be as powerful because it's not actually you transacting and handing over money, but it's a lot more recent. It's what you just looked at, what I just clicked on, what I just indicated interest in, right? So I think in this, in that regard, having more digital data is incredibly powerful to, to help predict what you're interested in right now but what it maybe doesn't do is actually tell me whether that person can really afford that right, right. so a lot of the time there's a there's you know people are they have ambitions they want to they want to afford certain products they're yeah. dreaming right and but they actually can't right and i think that's where our marriage with with equifax comes in so equifax has actually incredibly unique data in terms of i, I know how much money you make i know how much money you owe uh, i know how much money you have in the bank like literally it's not model of census data it's actually directly recorded with the bank so it's very very good data much better than anybody else in the market and so i can actually go and say to a telco listen the guy that just bought a contract from you for the next two years you think the, the average revenue over the next the average customer value over the next two years will be X. But guess what? It's not. The guy bought that phone, but he can't actually afford to pay the bill for the next two years. So you, you're actually not making as much money as you think. And having that data, that metadata with the transaction helps us, I think, do a better job of modeling media effectiveness because I can actually use the real customer value figure right. to determine ROI rather than some imaginary one that may never turn out to be like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very powerful. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And we, we're getting some we're getting some decent traction. We've only been in the US since 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 February, so we you know haven't been here for very long, but we're getting some good feedback. What are some of the challenges you encounter? Oh, it's it's all <laughs> cultural, you know. Somebody born in Germany, lived in the lived in Australia, now transplanted into into New York. You know, I'm 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 um, I'm, uh, uh, I'm I'm running into some of those things, but uh, I think they I think they're all good, and and I'm, I'm I'm very excited to be here. So there hasn't been any anything negative. I think this just the United States is an incredibly interesting market. It, it, the, the opportunity here is just so many, so many times larger than what I'm used to from Australia. And it's exciting, you know, it's That's good. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you for joining me today. 
And I look forward to keeping in touch with you. You're welcome. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for tuning in to Data Gurus Podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.datagurusepodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.datagurusepodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.